You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. Anonymous podcast, an Elite Sports NY production, recording on February 6th at around just a little bit before 10 at night. And if you guys can hear the excitement in my voice, it's because I'm thrilled to have my guy Chip Murphy back. Chip was feeling under the weather a little bit last week, and I am stupendously stoked, if that is even something that people say, to have a fantastic guest, an ESNY writer, a Hoops Habit writer. Uh, the one, the only, I call him the young OG, or at least I'm going to start calling him that now. Colin <laughs> Loring, everyone. Colin, what is going on, man? How are you? How hey, what's life? up, fellas? Glad we, uh, glad we finally got around to doing this. Couldn't have picked a better day for it. Absolutely. Yeah. The trade deadline came and went. Um, depending on who you're rooting for, you're, you're either pumped that your team got some assets, you know, maybe brought in a, a, a young star to to build and, and push things along or you're pissed uh, one way or the other, the news keeps coming and, and we're, we're here to dive into it. Um, guys, just, just basic reactions, general reactions, not specific to trades, but what did you guys think about the deadline? Did you feel like it was crazy busy compared to other ones? Did you feel like, um, you know, it, it was, a, it was a letdown chip. We'll start with you. What, a, what did you kind of see? No, it definitely was not a letdown. This was one of the uh, most fun trade deadlines in a long time. I mean, and I wasn't expecting it either. I thought it was going to be a little boring. I, I did, The D'Lo thing kind of came out of nowhere because it felt like that was kind of slowing down a little bit. Maybe it wouldn't happen, and he might not get traded until the summer. And then out of nowhere, Woj just tweets out uh, they've agreed to a deal with Minnesota, and that was pretty shocking. And then Drummond gets traded like right at the end. Uh, uh, it was real. It was really exciting. I mean, uh, we knew Marcus Morris would probably get traded, but uh, there was a lot of shit going on and it was just fun to watch. And I don't know, I was at work at my day job all day long and I was checking my phone on Twitter <laughs> looking all day. Not that I'm not doing that anyway, but today I was doing it more than usual. I had my notifications on and, it's just, it was an entertaining one, and I mean, I wasn't really sure when I got up today if it was going to be anything other than Marcus Morris and maybe Bobby Porter's getting traded, too. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, but it was there was a lot of shit that went on, and it was fun to watch, and I don't know, I, I feel like uh, a lot of teams actually got better. That uh, and uh, a lot of credits being given to the Warriors 
uh, which I, I won't go too far down that road right now. But first impressions were it was fun to watch as usual. It's always fun to watch like Woj and uh, Shams. It is Shams. Is it Shams or Shams? I don't know. Do we know? I, 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 I have always said Shams. So yeah, like I've always said Shams. It could be, okay. it could right, be yeah. Shams. It could be All Shams. Right. I like Shams, right. though. Yeah, I'll take it. My only problem is right. Shams rhymes with bombs, and it seems like you're kind of yeah. saying yeah. at that point. Right. Yeah. All right, I'll stay Shams. I, I don't know what it is. Well, I'll just I'll start off by saying I don't know what it is. It, it's always fun to watch Woj and Shams go back and forth. Oh, it's yeah. always That's always fun, too, when they're always tweeting, like, seconds after each other. That's just fun for me. What was your takeaway, Colin? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I had a uh, I've had a blast the last couple of days, like we were talking about. Um, yeah, the the people of the podcast didn't get to hear this, but I went a full two days without bathing because I was that afraid <laughs> to, to leave my phone. Um, and you know, some sort of notification would come through, and I'd be late on the head. But no, I think uh, in total there were seventeen trades. Now you talk about five of those up to you know very minor, but twelve trades between you know two days ago to now. That's a pretty active deadline. Uh, on the season, maybe we hit 22 or 23, which there were 29 last year. Uh, you know, Bobby Marks was saying that we were kind of um, spoon-fed last year with so many trades, and it was going to be slower this year. But for him to say that and us to get what we got today, uh, I, I loved it, man. It was just a good, a good day to be an NBA fan. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I couldn't agree more. I think it was pretty active and busy, especially you got to love that last flurry of trades from like 2.30 to 3.00. Um, you know, I think the Drummond trade came in around that, you know, at that point. I think that was pretty surprising as well. But I think uh, I think we start with um, probably the, the biggest deal in terms of players exchanged. Um, and that's the Nuggets, Rockets, Hawks, and Timberwolves. A lot of moving parts here. Um, the Nuggets received Shabazz Napier, Kesha Bates-Diop, Gerald Green, and Noah Vonley. The Hawks got their hands on, you know, uh, they're big to pair with Trey Young, Clint Capella, Nene, who was later waived. Uh, the Rocks, the Rockets received Jordan Bell, who was later swapped to Memphis for Bruno Caboclo, uh, Robert Covington, the very coveted 3-and-D uh, wing that I think they wanted, a 2020 second-round pick. The Wolves get Malik Beasley, Evan Turner, Wancho. Hernan Gomez, Jared Vanderbilt, and I think also a conditional first-round pick. So, Chip, so many moving parts here. Who's a winner? Who's a loser? I, I know we talked about some of these teams all kind of adding and improving on some level, but, but what did you see coming out of this? Yeah, the biggest trade since the Knicks traded Patrick Ewing, right? I think that's 12 players, so biggest nice. trade since Ewing. Wow. Uh, I think it's pretty funny that uh, Daryl Morey and the Rockets worked so hard to get Robert Covington, and they may end up being the losers in this whole trade because, like, uh, Colin's talking about he listens to Zach Lowe. I know he listens to Zach Lowe as much as I do, and uh, Zach mentioned on one of his podcasts recently, has there been a player who's become more overrated recently than Robert <laughs> Covington? The Rockets just gave up how many first-round picks for him? The, an unprotected first-round pick for him, right? Yeah, 2020 unprotected first-round pick. I mean, Jesus Christ. I, he's a nice player, but he's not even going to start for them, is he? I mean, he might. I, I don't know. He, I think he has he to start, start for Houston. Yeah, I don't think they do the deal unless he starts. He's not starting really? tonight, obviously. It's his first game with the team. But um, I think he starts. I don't know what the lineup looks like, but he's definitely a starter. 
Oh, I get yeah, they're they're so small. The the reason I don't love it for them is they're uh, I don't love the super small thing that they're doing. Right. That with PJ at the five is <clears> just gonna agree. kill him on defense. So, and I know his whole offense is just stand in the corner and shoot open threes, but at what point does that does him taking a beating from Anthony Davis and Rudy Gobert and Zubach and whoever the Clippers add just end up costing him on the on the threes. Uh, and as far as winners in the trade, I think you got to look at Atlanta as a winner. They got the best player in the deal. So they're the winner. Clint Capella, for some reason, people are looking at Clint Capella as a negative just because he can't shoot. And I, he's on a really good deal, or like a really good deal, and he signed long-term. And also, you have to look at Atlanta as a winner because they traded for him instead of Andre Drummond. <laughs> and I think that would have been a total fucking mistake. Uh, I think Clint Capella is a better player than not, not only is he a better player than Andre Drummond, but he makes a lot less money, and they don't have to worry about him opting into that. I think it's a twenty-eight million dollar player option. So I also like uh, look, look. I me and Jeff were talking about before, uh, and we always trust what uh, Denver does. They just make smart moves. So I'm sure Denver. Whatever they did is going to work out. Um, I know they swapped Gerald Green, uh, or not Gerald Green, Shabazz Napier after the deal, but somehow they wind up with Houston's 2020 first round pick. I don't know what they did. Uh, I, they weren't. Everybody knew they weren't going to trade. Uh, they weren't going to sign Malik Beasley at the end of the year, but they still uh, wound up with a first round pick. I think it's pretty impressive they pulled that off. And Minnesota. They get Malik Beasley, probably the second best player in the deal, or third best player in the deal, I guess, depending on how you feel about Covington. Uh, and they wound up with Juan Hernan Gomez. But I, you don't really know like how good are how good is Malik Beasley when he's not playing with Nikola Jokic. That's how I look at that. Like how good is a receiver when he's not playing with Peyton Manning or Tom Brady? That's how I look. That's how highly I think of Nikola Jokic, to be honest. But I think the winner of the deal is Atlanta because they got the best player and they got him for a shitty first round pick and Evan Turner. So I think they really just made out pretty, pretty well there. I, you got to give it to them. That was, that was a hell of a deal for the Hawks. Colin, how'd you, uh, how'd you feel that the teams made out? It was an interesting deal. I mean, I don't think you're going to say anything less when you have four teams and 12 players, but it just the whole thing seemed a bit peculiar to me. Um, you could feel Houston's urgency with every every Woj bomb that came off, um, and then when Denver got announced as the surprise fourth team, um, just a lot of moving pieces. Um, I'm I'm happy for my guy. I'm excited to see him with a very uh, stereotypical big man, somebody that a uh, point guard of his skill set just so desperately needed. Uh, but I don't. It's weird because I don't know how to feel about Denver. I like I like the ideology that we're always going to believe in Denver's front office, and they do draft well, so they got a draft pick. I feel like they can turn that into something, but the move for Denver almost seemed premeditated. Uh, you know, Woj had mentioned the uh, a potential interest in Drew Holiday, and that seemed like where they were really trying to head towards. Uh, I'm not sure who they've actually acquired in total. Um, as far as this trade season, they did get Jordan McRae, which I'll vouch is a great wing player, but 
to give up all those guys and you've emptied up roster spots, whether you're going to pay them or not. You know, I think Malone said it best. They were, weren't worried about the summer. They were worried about the run in the postseason that they had. And I don't think they've done anything to really dramatically improve their chances in the postseason with that trade, which you're never going to want to – you're never going to get along with that. Yeah, I think um, – I, you know, it's funny. I For Denver, I also um, – I like the deal. I don't think it moved the needle a lot. I don't think they previously had a first-rounder. Uh, so I do think that this helps them out. In that sense, obviously, it's it's a rocket, so it's it's not going to be that high. I actually liked Kesha Bates-Diop coming out of college, out of Ohio State. Um, you know, I think seeing him in the NBA a couple of times here and there, I would, you know, have questions about motor, um, just like how he's going to pan out. But, I mean, if you're going to take a chance on him, um, why not, you know? But I, I, I think the biggest question mark for me is is the Rockets, like, this deal did not in any way excite me for them um, in terms of how they're going to compete in the Western Conference. For me, rebounding is so paramount, so important, especially in the playoffs. And I just see them getting absolutely demolished on the boards every single night. Uh, and Capella, you know, you could you could talk about his faults, but he was averaging thir- a little over 13 boards a game to go along with the same amount of points. So I'm, I'm very confused as to how that's all going to work out. I know that they were getting some productive minutes from, I think, uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, you know, and I, I think he was working out well for them. Um, but, you know, it's – I mean, I guess if you hit 17 to 18 threes a game, you know, you're, you're going to win most of those. But it's just um, – you know, Covington is not even like drilling them from downtown. I think he's like 36%. I think he puts up maybe five or six a game. Um, you know, that's high think, enough for the Rockets. No, that, yeah, <laughs> well, no, that's yeah, true. Yeah. But, my thing, but my thing is, too, I, I mean, like I'll say this. I, I know that the Rockets were not a good defensive team, and, of course, Covington helps you there. But I do also agree. I mean, like the, Covington does seem kind of overrated uh, in the sense that, you know, and maybe we just haven't seen him play important games in, in a while, and maybe that's why we feel that, too, but... This this deal just didn't really move the the needle for me. I'm I'm used to the Rockets making somewhat of a splash that makes me feel like oh wow now it's a now it's a three team race. Like does anyone really think that the front line of the Rockets is going to do anything against the Lakers or the Clippers? I just don't see that right now. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it didn't really do a lot for me. I I actually like the deal a little bit for the Wolves as well. Um, Juancho Hernan Gomez, I mean, I've seen him light up the Knicks a couple of times. That doesn't mean anything. But, you know, he's – I like his size. His, his shooting percentages are horrible. But, um, you know, Malik Beasley, I agree. Taking him out of the Denver situation, you wonder if he has the same effect somewhere else. But, um, you know, I like what, what Minnesota was doing, especially – you know, we'll talk about it later. But they lost Wiggins, so they do – um, they have some nice guard depth over there with Okogi, uh, Beasley, um, you know, I think one or two other young guys. So it's it's not, you know, it's not terrible. But um, we'll move on to our next deal here. This this one broke the night before the trade deadline, I believe, and it received a lot of positive praise. Uh, we'll get into it. It's the Memphis Grizzlies and the Miami Heat. Uh, you know, I guess hashtag free. Andre Iguodala, right? The man who uh, who is getting paid a lot of money to, to sit and chill, promote his book and whatnot. 
The Grizzlies received Justice Winslow, Deion Waiters, James Johnson, who was later moved in a separate deal. Um, he received Iguodala, who received a two-year extension, 30 mil. I believe it's a team option on the second year. Um, and uh, they also received Jay Crowder, Solomon Hill, uh, who I think was also traded later for Gorgie Deang. Or no, Gorgie Dieng was traded for for James Johnson. So James Johnson, yeah. The big name, obviously, yeah. the big name in this deal is is Iggy, right? Iggy is uh, 35 years old. Uh, the last time we saw him p- play basketball, I, I, you know, he looked a little old. Um, I, you know, I, for me, man, I'm I'm not very high on this deal for the Heat. I don't think that this deal really makes them big contenders. I know. I know Iguodala's reputation as a defensive guy. I'm sure he's a great culture guy. Um, I just think his age and I don't know, maybe the time off actually will do his body well and maybe he will turn back the clock a little bit. Um, but I didn't I didn't see this deal as, as really improving the heat a lot. I know they love getting rid of Deion Waiters' contract and certainly I think for next year they clear, they clear like something like $29 million, which is great. And Pat Riley, Pat Riley, whoever Pat Riley has hired as his capologist guys, they're one of the best in the league because they always make small deals or big deals that end up clearing cap space or getting under the luxury tax somehow. Like they always do a great job of that. But in terms of how these players mesh on the court, in terms of a basketball product, I didn't love this deal for the Heat. Um, Chip, what did you think about it? No, I, I think they went into this deal thinking they were going to get Danilo Gallinari. And if they had gotten Danilo, Danilo Gallinari, I would have thought, what a huge, huge home run. Huge finish. home run. That would have been a huge home run. Like, I made them a contender in my mind. But I'm totally with you. Everybody's praising the heat here that they got 28-year-old Andre Iguodala. He's 30. Like you said, he's 35 years old. I mean, and he hasn't played. And who knows what kind of shape he's going to be in when he comes back. So I I don't know, and they also had to trade Justice Winslow to get him. I mean, they dumped Deion Waiters' contract, which we all know they wanted to do. Right. But they had to trade a really good young player to get him, which they knew they were going to have to do because the salaries needed to match and all that. But they didn't want to give up Justice Winslow. He's a really mm-hmm. good player. He creates he creates for other players and. I don't know, man. What if, if Andre Iguodala doesn't work out, it would have been nice to have Justice Winslow. But I still think the Heat had to make that move because Andre Iguodala is there and he is such a Heat guy. Yeah. Like, he just fits in perfectly with Jimmy Butler and Spolstra and that whole thing. And I... That goddamn tight shirt he was wearing during that video where he was like what a power move everything about that made me want to throw up like it was so annoying like i just hated every bit of that but look man you got to sit out and do nothing for however long it was and you got a race you didn't have to go to work and you got on tv and you've leaked information to stephen a smith to make yourself look good and you got a race Good for you, man. I just wish the Heat played the Grizzlies at some point this year. That would have been nice. That would have been really nice. Yeah, I think um, you know I'm I'm on board with that too. I mean, you know, I I guess 
one thing I am neglecting here is, you know, Jay Crowder's still a, a solid player. He's also he Jay also Crowder, yeah. he also seems like a heat guy and, and I will say like we we throw the word around culture a lot in terms of the NBA and, and obviously we're you know, Knicks fans and we hope uh, we can build something like the Heat have, but they do have it, and I and I do think that there is a merit in bringing along a guy like Iggy, who who is, um, you know, can be like a galvanizer, and you know, so that that's it's a positive. But he is still thirty five years old. Colin, how did you how did you see it? This is a rare occurrence. I know Chip will tell you. <laughs> It is very rare that I come on a podcast and disagree with you guys. Wow. No, no, whoa, not at all. Whoa, Typically, whoa, I've, got the, I've got the contrary position. <laughs> okay. So, look, here's where I'm at with this. Because I was I was in both of y'all's seats at one point last night. Because, again, of course, I was up to like – or two nights ago, whenever it was. I was up till 3 or 4 in the morning the night of trying to figure out how they could work OKC into this deal. Like trying to do all the math and everything. But, obviously, Pat Riley has someone he's paying a lot more money to, uh, to do this who's better equipped than the NBA trade machine. Uh, no. So at first glance, you look at it and you say, look, Miami got a 36-year-old former finals MVP. It sounds like he's probably going to do more for the locker room than he's going to do for them on the court. Now, let's just keep in mind who Miami traded. They traded Justice Winslow, and we can get back to that. But they traded James Johnson and Dion Waiters, two guys who were playing five minutes if they were suiting up. You've taken two guys that weren't playing, weren't making an impact on the floor, and you brought back a guy with the IQ of champion. In my mind, that's going to be an upgrade 11 times out of 10. Now with Justice, if we're going to go so far as to trust Pat Riley in this process, then we have to trust where he's at on Justice Health. Those are the guys who got all the medical reports. Obviously, he has to go to a physical in Memphis. No one's not saying that. But these are the guys who've seen him on the day-to-day. These are the guys who've seen his track of improvement. They know how long it's going to be until he's NBA ready to get back on the floor healthy. And they decided that instead of waiting for that, they'd rather go pay a 36-year-old finals MVP to suit up for them. To me, I'm going to trust Pat Riley with this. And I'm going to say, look, Justice has probably got a rocky road ahead of him. Now, look, there's going to be a 20-game stint where Chip's going to tag me in every Justice Winslow highlight. I'm okay with that. But it's going to be 20 games, and it's not – going to be long lasting it's going to be fun but it is not going to be a long ride um and then the one thing we're not talking about is solomon hill who has actually been really good um for the grizzlies this year he's shooting 40 percent from three little known fact um and that's a guy that they just added into the mix as well as jay crowder whose shooting splits are probably equivalent of what i would do if i got 10 to 12 minutes a night off the bench but he is still an enforcer and not as much a galvanizer but in the same category as a gadala maybe not to the same extent So what they've done here is they've taken Justice Winslow, who's injured, and then James Johnson and Deion Waiters, who were not fitting with the culture. And they've added three guys who are going to sign on, and they're going to believe in this like I believe in Girl Scout cookies. Like There's going to be a sense (laughs) of religion here that wasn't there before from the shape of three guys in the three guys that they sent out. I love the trade for Miami. It took me a second to come around on it, but I really think they knocked it out of the park. Obviously – Danilo Gallinari would have changed the entire spectrum of this deal, but it didn't happen because reportedly they couldn't come to terms on an extension, which is fine. They didn't want to sign up for any more long-term money than they had to. They didn't back themselves into a corner. They get an A-plus for me. 
Hey, listen, I, I actually love all those points, man. I really do. And and I guess when you combine that with the fact of the, You do? You just what? disagree with everything he fucking I, said listen, five I'm minutes not, ago. I, I'm not gonna lie. No, 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 no. I, because he spoke he spoke after me and I'm not gonna lie. He, he made some <laughs> good points, man. He did, and especially when you consider the, the salary cut. Um maybe maybe it's a wait and see thing. Maybe it's a wait and see thing. I, I you know. But I will say that um I mean, listen, if Iggy somehow plays some important playoff minutes and and they get far this year, I mean, you know, you know Riley when he gets a when he gets a good feeling about a team, he wants to shoot for now. Yes, this is, this is, that was that was Woj's entire point with is, that tweet. And this is definitely a now move now, you know, fuck it. If 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 Iggy gets hurt or or something happens, I mean, that now that's my one concern. Yeah, uh, I mean, Jimmy. No, Jimmy, not Iggy. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, who hurt his shoulder. Oh, okay. How long he's going to be out may play a long factor, and I don't. I can't even speak on anything. I haven't seen anything other than the fact that he went to the locker room last right. night. Right. I don't know how severe it is, but if we're talking about Jimmy being gone for ten or twelve games, then throw everything I just said out of the window. Okay. Okay. But if Jimmy's going to be here from day one, not even day one, maybe day three, and they're going to play with him from day three, I mean, this guy, I was talking to Zach earlier, he should be a motivational speaker or a personal trainer when he retires because there's something about the way that he just inspires or intimidates you that will cause a complete change of character. Right. And I, it's no coincidence that he's on the team with Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn, and those guys are balling out in big-time situations. He is a big piece of that. He's got a big personality, but if you put it in the right mix of ingredients, then it becomes a positive. Uh, I want to see how much he gets to play with these guys. If the shoulder injury is serious, then I'd be a little bit more concerned. But again, I'll stick with my original statement. I give him an A+. Plus. I like that he clicks with guys like Nunn and Robinson, and then he <clears throat> butts heads with guys like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Love Wiggins. Like, he, he knows what it's like, man. He's from yeah. the ground up. He's not this pedigree. Yeah. He doesn't come from... Duke, Kentucky. He's not one of those guys. He hasn't been promised a role on an NBA team for the greater half of the last six years. He's had to work for it, and he commands the same respect from everyone else. I Undrafted rookies, you bet your ass he's going to love those guys. I, I swear to God, if I someday find out that Jimmy Butler is one of the max free agents that Steve Mills quote-unquote said we could have had or we could have talked to but didn't, I'm going to I'm going to literally chuck this laptop through the window. That's how much I love Jimmy yeah. Butler. And when we can do it simultaneously. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, you know, when, when everyone was killing him for the whole Timberwolves, I mean, listen, it didn't look good. It wasn't a professional thing, but um, this guy is wired, you know, in, uh, to a different speed, you know, to a different route. Um, and you really do respect him if you're in that com- competitive mode and you're really down to win. You know, that's, that's really you what have it comes to, down to. Because if you don't, then you end up like this year's Philadelphia 76ers, who he's now embarrassed, I believe, three straight occasions. Yeah. Um, and speaking of being wired differently, uh, I think that's a nice transition to lead us into our next trade. So um, one star being traded to the Timberwolves is now going to be with his friend. And they both strike me as a little bit more low-key, a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more laid back. But this was a huge trade that happened today, which, you know, if you've been following uh, the tea leaves, was like on, then off, then on, then off. But, of course, we're talking about Minnesota and Golden State. The Timberwolves receiving their point guard, D'Angelo Russell, Jacob Evans, and Amari Spellman. 
the Warriors getting Andrew Wiggins, a 2021 first-round protected top three pick and a 2021 second-round pick. Um, guys, this is a huge deal. Minnesota feeling like D'Angelo Russell and Cat is their way towards being competitive in the Western Conference. Um, the Warriors really, really interestingly getting Wiggins to now eventually pair with Klay Thompson, Steph, Dre. Um, Chip, what what did you make of this? I, I you know I'm I know you're a D'Lo guy. Uh, I'm I'm very interested to see how you saw this. Well, my brother is a huge Nets fan, and like I think a lot of Nets fans just loves D'Lo. Like he's one of his favorite players ever. So I just I watched a lot of D'Angelo Russell because of my brother, and I just I like I like him. I I also personally I think he's a really good guy, and I would have liked to have him on the Knicks. Didn't want to trade like. A lot of assets for him. If Mitchell Robinson had been traded for him, I would have been upset. But anyway, going to this trade, I like it for the T-Wolves. I know the primary reason it was made was to keep Cat happy because there was reason to believe that he was upset. Probably the primary reason being that he hasn't won a game since like December or November or whatever it is. They keep losing. But... uh I don't know, man. Who'd they trade? Andrew Wiggins. He sucks. I, I mean, it's he's a running joke. I I mean, if he wasn't the number one pick, we wouldn't be saying he sucks. But I, it's just there's something about the guy. Like, there's just you watch him and you're like, he should be better. And I know Golden State probably feels like they can tap into the potential that Minnesota never did. But I just don't think he has that in him to be to get to that next level like i know he's in that harrison barnes but i don't know colin shaking his head because he disagrees <laughs> with me and that just makes me feel better about it but and i somebody said on uh espn today that he's in the harrison barnes spot so what whatever i mean is he gonna play great when steph and clay come back he can't shoot so how is he how, how does he play great with those guys he's not a shooter they already have Draymond on the court. And I, look, I don't know. I, I thought it was shitty that they put the stuff out there in the athletic that they were giving up on D'Lo to the Warriors, that they just did, they tried the experiment and they were sick of him, and that's why they traded him. It wasn't as much about Wiggins as it was about that. I thought that was messed up. But I like the move for the T-Wolves. I think D'Lo is going to be good and – it was made to keep Towns happy, and I think it's – ultimately, I think they're hoping that they have some sort of dream uh, team up with uh, Towns, uh, Russell, and Booker. I'm sure that's what they're hoping for. And they also want to shoot more threes. Gerson Rosas runs the team, and he's a Rockets guy. So I'm sure they just want to shoot more threes, and D'Lo shoots like 10 threes a game. So be prepared for the T-Wolves to shoot a shit more threes. So I think that had a lot to do with it too. Now, Colin, go ahead. Disagree with me. I was literally literally just going to say, I I just want to give Colin the floor (laughs) here to defend his man Wiggins. If at least that's what I think he's going to do. Of course. I am not going to disagree with you. I could not agree any harder than everything you just, yeah, kidding. So here's what it is. All right. 
This is, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is why you guys brought me on the podcast. Anyway, here we go. So here's where I'm at with the Wolves, the Angelo Russell trade. Like the trade, hate the timing. The Timberwolves have lost 13 straight. They just traded Robert Covington, whatever the hell else, and they end up with D'Angelo Russell. Their starting five is projected to be D'Angelo Russell, Kogi, Malik Beasley, Wancho Ernan Gomez, and Carl Anthony Towns. I want either of you to look me via webcam in the face and tell me they'll get 10 more wins this season. Because I have a hard time believing that. It's, it's the combination of the pressure that has now been put on D'Angelo Russell. He's been traded to the team. I mean, Chip, I know you saw the video. I know you saw the video. I did see that. I did uh, see that, yeah. Yeah, video, that what, video where yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they projected him like Jesus Christ has come down and he is going to play point guard for this team. Like, the pressure behind that move, like, I don't know, man. I've been following D'Angelo for a while. We saw what he did in Los Angeles. I think the Golden State, to me, it's hard to really draw any conclusions from his time in Golden State. It's such an abstract situation. But based off what we've seen in Brooklyn and Los Angeles, I think that this was just not the timing. I think that they very well could have dragged this into the summer. For Golden State, they could have got a better return, maybe pivoted Andrew Wiggins to a third team. And number two – I just think that bringing D'Angelo in in the middle of a 13-game losing streak is just handing somebody a shit hand and saying, win the tournament. Like, that's just – it's – the Wolves, it's very apparent that they're desperate to keep Cat happy and to get a win. And the Warriors, for whatever reason, we read whatever on the athletic. That's fine. I'm so surprised they, they uh, caved in this early. But, no, I don't like the trade. I like the idea of the trade. If you told me three months from now, four months from now that it happened, I'd like it a lot better. I was just looking up now, so Minnesota is 15-35. and 35. They're essentially 10.5 games out of the eighth spot, which Memphis holds at the moment. I mean, I They have a two-game lead in the loss column over the Golden State Warriors. Do I need to repeat that? That's how bad they are. Well, yeah. I will. So it's interesting. That could be this trade wasn't made for this year. Well, but but what I would say is also that may also actually take the pressure off of D'Lo and Cat if you think about it. I mean, like I don't think anyone's under the assumption that this pairing is going to make the playoffs this year. I mean, the way Cat has been, I haven't followed him extremely close this year. I know there were points during the season where his defense was said to have improved. I've also seen reports that it hasn't. Uh, with D'Lo and Cat as your main pick-and-roll threat, um, they're obviously doing that for offensive reasons. If you're going to have Gerson Roses as your main decision-maker and shot caller, most of the decisions that they're going to make are going to be geared towards offense. Um, I'm not a huge D'Lo guy. I, I, I like this move. I don't think it's amazing. I, I, I like what D'Lo has done for his career. Someone who I think received a lot of bad press, um, most of it deserved in, in L.A., what he did in Brooklyn, uh, what he continued to do in Golden State. I mean, really playing with a G League team, like I don't, you know, I don't think you can just look at him and say he doesn't translate to wins based on Golden State. So I, I like the pairing. I'm interested to see how it works out. The West is still very, very tough, so I, I'm not... You know, I don't know how long it's going to take for that pairing to work out. You know, maybe they're hoping that Okogi 
you know, develops really melt. Maybe they're hoping Beasley, you know, whatever it is. Someone's going to have to defend on that team, though. And um, Oh, Kogi's a great defender, but when you have one guy, I mean, it's just, it's bad. It sticks oh, out like a sore thumb. And they, have, need, they have a lot of work to do on the defensive end. That's and right. you need a big, you always need a well, big. Well, they just traded team. him. They just traded Covington. Right. So, you, you, need a yeah. big, you need a big who's going to defend. Uh, I like the Warriors getting a first-round pick out of this. Um, you know, I know it's 2021 and it's top three protected, but for a that team— That was the one to get. Well, that's that's the one I'm, they wanted. That's what I'm saying. I, I just think for a team that's perennially at the top, um, with the exception of this year, obviously, you know, I, I like them getting a pick. I, I'm like meh on this trade. Like I, I like it for the Timberwolves. I don't hate it. I'm I'm very excited to see how D'Lo and and Cat are gonna play together. Like I just became like a Wolves half fan. Like I will absolutely watch them when you know when they're on just just to see these two. Um, I think it's interesting. We'll we'll see how it works out. Uh, yeah, I, know- I mean fun basketball. Is fun to watch, but that doesn't mean they're going to win any games. True, that's all I'm saying. Especially they, um, well, this and season. My tinfoil hat theory on this draft pick: <laughs> I have half a mind to think that the Warriors had such a high demand for draft picks because they know what they're buying into with Andrew Wiggins, and they want a way out. That's not going to hurt them long term. That's smart. You I were just talking him up like well. two seconds ago. <laughs> I was not talking up Andrew Wiggins. At no point did I talk up Andrew Wiggins, which is why I thought it was funny. You guys thought I was going to come over here and defend this guy. No. I mean, what a flex by the Warriors to say, look, we'll take like the worst number one pick that's still playing right now and turn him into an offensive option. But no, I don't, I'm out on Andrew Wiggins as much as the next guy. I just don't like the trade, period. Um, I think that after this year, does he still have two years left? Is that right? I think it is two years. I yeah, thought yeah. it was more, so, maybe two. Yeah. Um, two or three, either way, they've got the draft capital now to offload this guy um, if they need to and if he's like really messing up their chemistry because he may be that bad at basketball that he could screw up the Golden State Warriors. It's possible. It's possible. I think um, the next trade we're going to hit on, all three of us are, are going to have a lot to say uh, as, as Knicks fans. I mean, uh-huh. there there is there is so much leading up to this. Like uh, the Knicks were like a, a major. They're always a soap opera, but but I mean to fire your president like two days before the trade deadline. Then there's rumors of Masai. Then it's player agent, and then it's Marcus Morris is off the table. Then he's on the table. It, it, it's typical Knicks like just absolute clusterfuck shitstorm. Um, but what ends up happening is the Knicks do indeed move Marcus Morris for Mo Harkless, a 2020 first round pick, the right to swap a 2021 first round pick, uh, Detroit's 2021 second round pick. And, um, I'm going to mispronounce this guy's name, so I'm I'm not even going to try it, but an overseas player, um, who is apparently a really good athlete, a six four guard who is doing somewhat well in the league that he's playing in. Who knows if we'll ever see him. Uh, He's young, too. He's young, like 20 years old. Right. Uh, The Clippers get Marcus Morris. Um, Colin, I'm going to start with you on this one. Initial thoughts on the trade. Um, Knicks fans were absolutely dying to get something that we could hold on to. And did they get it? Yeah, uh, this is where I think I've leaned very strongly one way or the other on every trade, um, except for this one. This is my meh trade, per se. 
Uh, I don't. I'm so numb to everything Knicks at this point. Um, but even aside from that, they got a first round pick from Marcus Morris. This seems like something that we all collectively decided was going to happen and was going to be a reality. I don't. They're pessimistic Knicks fans, but I don't think even they were ignoring the Ian Begley, Wojnarowski, Sharania, everybody chiming in saying that the Knicks were going to get a first-round pick. We all accepted this as reality. Um, I think anything else would have been an added bonus, um, and I think that you know some fans may have had a higher expectation. Um, Morris is on an expiring deal. He's headed to a contender. They got a top. You know, the pick's probably going to. I think the pick right now would be 28th if the season finished. I mean, my, my only thing would just be I don't know much about this draft class, and I haven't heard good things about this draft class. Um, I think if there was a young guy somewhere with more promise than an unknown, uh, maybe that would have been the route to take. But, again, we're not in the Knicks front office. We're not on the whiteboard seeing what's going on. Um, I think that it's a trade that they did, and I'm not pissed about it, and I'm not happy about it. Chip, how you, how'd you see it? Yeah, I feel the I feel the same way. I mean, they got a first round pick unprotected, so as long as they did that, I that was pretty much the goal for Marcus Morris. With the way he was playing, it would have been unacceptable not to get at least that. And they've been talking about Mo Harkless because his uh, salary makes the money work. They've been talking about him for a while as the guy that would come back and. Uh, he's he's an expiring contract, so we won't get too attached to him. It'll be a fun story because he's from Queens. He went to St. John's. Yeah, he went to St. John's. Having, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's having a good shooting season. He's thirty-seven percent on threes, but I mean, one and a half a game, small sample size. But he'll be a nice player. Nice story. Mike Breen will his first game. Mike Breen will uh, talk about how he played at St. John's, and they'll play a nice little tribute for him clips of that, but. I don't know. It's look, Colin said they got a first round pick. That was the most important thing for the Knicks. Um, as far as the rest of the deal, I mean, the Clippers got Marcus Morris. It's a huge addition for them, and maybe even more important than that, they prevented the Lakers from getting Marcus Morris, which would have been massive for them. Uh, and I was a little disappointed because uh, initially they got Isaiah Thomas in the deal. And I was a little disappointed that they waived him because uh, I thought it would have been cool to see Isaiah maybe in the Western Conference Finals playing against the Lakers, who he didn't exactly have such a good tenure with. Uh, and I thought that would have been fun. But now I guess he's a free agent. Who knows? It might be cool if he ended up back in Boston. I don't know if they have a spot for him. I know he tried to go back there last year. But we'll see. Uh, and Jerome Robinson ended up with the Wizards, right? Uh I, I don't know too much about him other than what I saw of him in college. And he was a good player in college. I watched a lot of ACC because uh, I'm a Duke fan. So, uh, but I, I haven't watched him play much at all. I don't think he's even played much at all in the NBA. So, I, I don't know too much about that. But uh, I do like that the Knicks got the first round pick. And the Clippers obviously won that deal. They got Marcus Morris. But... The Knicks, most importantly for as for us as Knicks fans, the Knicks didn't really lose the deal because they did get the first round pick. So that was important. Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I think when you look at uh, the treasure chest, you know, seven first round picks in in the next four years, um, yeah. the flexibility with the second round picks makes me feel good in the sense that 
you can package them to maybe move up in a draft if you do feel good about a certain player. Um, and I'll say this, and, and we'll get into it a little bit later too, um, the Pistons trading to, uh, Drummond away makes this second-round pick look a little bit better because the Pistons could be god-awful in a year, um, depending on the route that they want to take, uh, you know, if they if they really just want to blow this thing up. I mean, if they were lo- looking to move Kennard and, and whatnot, I don't even know how much longer the, the coach is, is going to be there. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I think there's potential for that second-round pick to be actually pretty valuable, which could be good. Um, but I agree with you guys. The Knicks did not lose this deal. They got their first-round pick. We did not royally fuck something up, which is nice. Um, and I do like this deal, obviously, for the Clippers as well. You know, Morris is is going to fit right in with Pat Bev. Um, you know, the, those two are going to be your Barkers, you know, and, and they're going to stick up for Kawhi and, and PG. Not that they need anyone to do that for them, but I'm really interested to watch their games. Um, and I do think that this is the type of deal that makes some separation. There was already separation, but between them and the Lakers, even though I know that the Lakers have the better record, um, I know the Lakers have been rumored to have been, you know, uh, maybe bringing in J.R. Smith for a workout, uh, Darren Collison as well. But that arms race just got really interesting in the West. And I do think Morris, you know, I don't, I, the, the, the interesting thing is, you know, he's not going to obviously have this type of production in the Clippers because just the shots alone are, are going to be taken down and the majority of them are going to come from, from PG and Kawhi. But um, he's used to supplementary roles as well. So that's not going to be something that's hard for him to figure out. He played on a team with Kyrie. I mean, he's, he's, he can, I, I think, adjust very well in, in those situations. So it's a good trade for both teams. Um, the Clippers get a guy that can really help them in the playoffs, especially, um, you know, when I, when I think whether it's not that he's going to play with a second unit, but if you want to play him against second units, I think he can feast there as well. Um, and then we got the last deal. This one came in really late at the end of the trade deadline, and it's probably the most underwhelming deal I think we'll talk about during this pod. <laughs> and it is, uh, <laughs> the Cleveland Cavs and the Detroit Pistons, uh, two Midwest cities, and I—I I mean, uh, the Cavs receive Andre Drummond, the Pistons receive Brandon Knight, John Henson, and a second-round pick. Uh, the Pistons get a salary dump here. I—I—I am going to be really, really honest with you guys. I was in a bar last week watching a Cavs game, and I did honestly not know that John Henson was still in the league. I, I legitimately did not know that he was still an NBA player that gets paid professionally to play basketball. Hey, um, and he still wears the t-shirt. And he still wears Dude, the t-shirt under his jersey. Under the jersey. Un- yeah. Unbelievable. Um, unbelievable. Like, I... Like in, and in 2K, they would change, if you would trade him to a different team, they would change the T-shirt to match the jersey that he was and, on. And, and, I, and here's the thing, I, and I'm not going to start this tangent because I know we're all mellow guys. The fact that John motherfucking Henson was in the <laughs> league at a time when Carmelo Anthony was not in the league, like that is so wrong. 
so wrong. He's in the league now. You're right. Yes, yes. You don't need to keep doing I know. this. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I digress. I digress. Chip, Chip's been down that road with me too many times. He's so yeah. PTSD. I can yeah. tell. So, I have our, a fucking Vietnam flashback here. <laughs> so, so the Cavs get Andre Drummond. They're going to somehow want to pair him um, as a pick-and-roll threat with their young guards, Sexton and Garland. Um, Garland, listen, I, I know I don't think his numbers are great, but I've liked what I've seen from him. He's quick. He's shifty. And Sexton, listen, Sexton was a guy I was really down on when he got drafted and the Knicks picked Knox. But Sexton has worked, worked his way to like a, a respectable shooter. Um, you know, the Cavs have some pieces there. I'm interested to see how Kevin Love and, and Drummond mesh together. But like, I didn't really love this trade for anybody just because it seemed really like mad. But uh, what, what did you guys, what did you guys see? Colin, you want to go first or? Yeah, I think uh, it's best to get it out of the way now. Uh, if the only trade that I liked more than this one was the Iguodala to Miami trade. Wow. <laughs> you liked it that much, huh? Oh, yeah, man. I'm a big fan. Uh, typically, uh, and historically, I am an Andre Drummond guy. Okay. Let me get that out of the way. Um, these are true things. Uh, we've heard the chatter that he doesn't really affect the outcome of the game either way, towards winning or towards losing. Um, and I think this is the ultimate prove-it situation. Um, this is a guy who's got the option to go into free agency. Um, if he can come in and win a couple games with the Cavaliers and make that much of an impact, then either somebody's going to want to pay him or the Cavaliers won't feel bad about paying his $28 million option. Uh, it was definitely time for him to move on to Detroit, and that's fine. He should have left years ago, um, and I'm happy about that as well. Uh, beyond that, somebody – I forgot it earlier. Tell me the coach's name, the uh, Cavs coach. Beeline. 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 Okay, thank you. I don't want to mispronounce it. Uh, I think that from a Cavs perspective, they have gotten so bad between the coaching staff and the on-court product, and they've got individual players playing well, naturally, uh, that maybe they're just running it back to the basics. There is not a more stereotypical five who doesn't touch the four position than Andre Drummond. So now you've got two guards, and you've given them the most basic version of a big man that you can get, but to full extent. He's going to get you those 20 points and 15 yeah. rebounds. And you can throw lobs. He's going to box out. He's going to only score within the post. It's hardly going to go over from there. And then set screens here and there. But I think that for Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, they're the biggest winners of this trade. I like Tristan Thompson a lot, but I'd rather have Andre Drummond, I mean, 11 times out of 10. Um, I think that having that traditional big man is going to help the Cavaliers kind of shift their focus as they really do – Try and navigate this rebuild. Uh, and dear God, thank is uh, is is byline. What is his name? Beeline. Yeah. Is he was he Beeline. the former Michigan State? Where did he coach? Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. So and thank West God Michigan. he's got yeah. he's got some Michigan help in the building. You know, Andre Drummond didn't go to Michigan, but he spent a lot of time there. Maybe he can uh, back this guy up because he's obviously having problems with the locker room. You know what I mean? Oh, you think so fingers crossed. On TV, he doesn't belong in the NBA. Oh, he's it's having some fair, real problems. But this isn't the situation where I'm going to let that sway my decision. Um, for Detroit, it was imminent. I've been shouting on Twitter for weeks that if it came down to a second-round pick and expiring salary, they would take that deal before they let him come back simply because they do not want him to enact on that player option, which to me is buffoonery. I'd rather 
you're going to get a better deal, a better return on eight months of Andre Drummond than you are three months, especially when the three-month rental that you're giving out is to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, I think the foolish decision by Detroit, by all means. Uh, but for the Cavaliers, good on them for buying low. I mean, they sent a second-round pick and some expiring salary. There was no reason not to make this deal at the end of the day. I the one thing though I I, I kind of want to push back on a little bit like I'm very like how the Cavs and I, I mean I I'd have to look at his contract is but how are, how are they going to make this work with Tristan Thompson Kevin Love and Andre Jump on Andre Drummond are they just going to literally bench Thompson and, and just and just Thompson say, won't play for the rest of the year you are, you are literally going to sit He's done, and yeah. you are not going to touch the floor again I mean I guess but god damn there's no man, reason to blame is, at this point uh this, they were trying to do a buyout earlier today it was reported but the two sides eventually settled on the fact that look dude you make 18 million we're not going to pay you this, we're just going to sit you on the bench for the rest of the season this is essentially why the Knicks decided to uh stretch Joe Noah because yeah. of a situation like this and I'm I mean like I don't know. Sometimes I feel like that whole, oh, this is going to affect the young guys thing is overplayed. But I don't see Tristan Thompson taking this lightly. Um, but but we, oh, he's will, gonna be pissed. we will see yeah. how this plays out. But I guess, I guess you know, I'll trust you guys. I, I guess they're just going to sit him. That That is going to be really, really interesting to see how that plays out. I can't believe they didn't get a second round pick in, in exchange for an ex- expiring salary. Um, the Wizards were rumored as suitors. For a couple of days now, and I really thought they were going to pull the trigger on that and just send Jan Mahimi out there. Uh, no, I can't believe they didn't get a second-round pick for Tristan Thompson. I really think that he could help some people, some teams. I thought they were going to trade him, too. Yeah, I really, I, I wanted them to trade him because I like Tristan Thompson. I thought it would have been, I thought it would have been right of them to trade him to do that because he, unlike Kevin Love, he hasn't acted like a little bitch on the court all season <laughs> long and whined and had terrible. I, I was watching the Cavs game. Uh, uh, yesterday or two nights two nights ago, whatever it was, and he was complaining on the court about like his teammates not getting back on defense, and he wasn't getting back on defense. It's like, dude, Jesus! Like, there hasn't been a player who hasn't wanted been somewhere so obviously as much as Kevin Love has, and it's like, dude, you signed the contract when they sucked. Like, I, I don't know. I I like Tristan Thompson, but I do think he will just be forced to the end of the bench. Uh, and I also just don't think that Beeline's a college coach. I just don't think that he's going to give a shit about Tristan Thompson, about him being offended or any of that stuff. Right. He doesn't care about Kevin Love, and Kevin Love's the star of the team. True. He to the franchise. That's so uh, I think Andre Drummond's going to come in and start, and Tristan's probably out of luck. And Henson will be the backup, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty – because uh, – No, Henson's out. So it'll be Nance. Oh, Nance, Nance, yeah. Um, who I think uh, I thought was brought up in trade rumors too, but I, I, don't, I thought that would have been a bad move. But I guess they're just going to go super young. I mean, isn't like Love like third or fourth on the team in scoring? He's not even like being featured at all. I, uh, I don't know. They're such a weird team. They're weird to watch. They're... I don't know. They were kind of interesting at the beginning of the year because they were playing fast and shit with Sexton and Garland. They're, I don't know, they're a shit show. Total shit show. But Colin's right. Like, they gave up nothing to get a guy who just get, leaves the league in rebounding every single year and is an all-star. You had to make that trade. You got him for nothing. Maybe he opts out and you lose him. Maybe he opts in and you have to pay him $28 million. 
but who else are you going to give that money to anyway? It's not like you're saving 21, uh, 20, 21 money for Giannis like the Heat are. Like, there's no, there's no reason not to make that trade. You had to do it. I think that's uh that's probably a good note to end on the two of you agreeing, which I, I from what, <laughs> I like I, from like what I've heard doesn't, doesn't happen uh, often. So that that's how I I bring it all together, some closure. Um, but yeah, listen, it was it was a it was a great trade deadline. I'm really interested to see how the teams kind of strike and and progress from here. Um, we got a pretty interesting race in the West, and and obviously there are some some things to figure out. In the East, and probably for another pod, but I, I know me and Chip to talk about had talked about this maybe uh, a month or so ago. But the Toronto Raptors, with the injuries that they've had, how they just continue to just churn out wins is like beyond me. But there's a would you look at the time? Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is actually. Wait, we weren't we weren't going to start talking about we weren't going to start talking about how awesome Kyle Lowry is. Yeah, I'm a huge Raptors fan. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. probably my worst take of all time, and I've been arguing for Melo to be in the league ever since he got out. Okay, uh, of course. But, I, I didn't see this coming even remotely. I owe Chip some, oh, I don't, but I don't he also think... owed me some, so we'll call it even. <laughs> uh, it was it was it was interesting for sure. Um, but listen, man, Colin, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, truly a pleasure to have you on. We will absolutely have you on again. Uh, absolutely, if, you if know not, the drill. You know where to find me. If not, Colin Loring on Twitter. If not, just for, uh, if not just for the, the absolute comic relief that, that you and Chip are together, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but also for some pretty good Sitcom's damn... still in the works. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but, but tell the guys where they can find your awesome writing, man. I know Elite Sports NY, but, but Hoops have it as well. I, I think you cover the, the Wizards, right? Yeah. yeah, covering the Wizards for Hoops have it. Uh, you can find me at, at Cologne Loring on Twitter. Um, I have been tweeting NBA for 24 hours a day. I'll take a 12-hour hiatus, but I will be back as of Friday morning. That's the 7th. You can find me there. There we go. Uh, So Colin's going to get some rest. Chip and I are going to do the same as well. We'll be back next week um, for another pod as well. All right, guys, listen, have a good one, okay? Yeah, appreciate it, fellas.